such crisp audio and my voice is angelic right now i wouldn't say angelic (laughs) (laughs) we're back we're we're face to face we are back yeah but i wouldn't call that angelic it's not angelic but it's i think i sound maybe like a uh like a young frank sinatra maybe no no maybe a young amy winehouse a uh, young little Richard, Tiny Tim, maybe closer to Tiny Tim. Sure. Well, <laughs> how does it feel to be back? You haven't been in, you haven't been in this hood for a while now. No, in fact, when I drove in, there's these two old ladies. They were actually one lady walked across the street in front of my car and sat down with another old lady in their porch, and they were talking. I don't know if that's like a negotiation for peace during COVID or, or... No, there's no peace in this neighborhood. Yeah, so so I don't know. that Something must be going down tonight. It's been tough in this neighborhood during COVID because most of the people in here are in the dangerous like demographic yeah. for COVID. And so that means they can't go out much. But that doesn't mean they can't like run around here. And there has been so much vandalism, so many broken windows, so many it. like walkers that have been thrown people's, through people's oh, windows. I believe it. AARP graffiti just sprayed all over people's garage doors. Nice. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're making it through this. <laughs> These dangerous times in your neighborhood. These are dangerous times. And that's why I thought, you know what? We need to do another self-defense episode. Okay. You like that segue? I, that was that was, that was was semi-slick. Yeah. That was one of my smoother segues. Yeah. Did you, did you write that up somewhere? <laughs> no. But it's always good to have a smooth segue and then follow it with calling that segue out. Yeah. That's yeah. the best way to, yeah. to just make it transition, to hide that transition. <laughs> All right. Well, today's episode is on self-defense. Do you know what number we're on today of episodes? No. We're on episode 78. Do you know what happened in 1978? A lot of things. I don't yeah, know. I was say probably quite a few things that I'm not aware of. <laughs> nothing. Nothing happened in 78. It was like 2020. Yeah, if I would have prepared better, I would have said, this day in jujitsu in seven, 1778. Wow, nothing. Yeah, did, was anything going on in 1778 no, with jujitsu? No, Brazilian jiu-jitsu didn't exist in 1778. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, this episode is on self-defense. And we've done an episode in the past that was on self-defense, but it's a big enough topic that I think we could probably get another episode out of it. Sure. And and I think you're trying to do more like on the the idea of self-defense more than, let's say, exact techniques. Sure. Yep. Now, what I figured, what I kind of wanted to start off with is... You enjoy sending us videos and posting videos of people's attempt at self-defense or there are the very crazy, silly things that any person, any layman looks at and says, well, that's just funny. That's dumb. But there are videos about self-defense that you watch. And if you don't know a lot, you might think, okay, that seems legitimate. Yeah, yeah, that's it's 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 both. I enjoy sending them because I think they're ridiculous, but it's also a coping mechanism to go, man. These people have paying students, so there's people that see that and go, "Wow, that's what I want to learn," and I have to cope with that. Yeah, and those people <laughs> say, "I'm going to pay to learn this," and then they think, they "Believe it, yeah." 
they yeah they believe it and that gives them that false confidence yeah and that's dangerous very dangerous it's probably worse than not having any training i think last time we talked a little bit about the crazy stuff the 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 energy defense the the shield the things that everyone like i said before knows don't exist and are silly what do you see most often when you get to that blurred line of this works this doesn't work so i think hollywood has done a disfavor to martial arts to combat to hand-to-hand strategies because you know where i think movie writers and i think actors do a really great job of you know acting out a a specific situation as if it was real life and we can believe it we can believe what they're saying and we can believe all those things the the action scenes are are meant to be choreographed and and look stunning and you know just this flawless chain of incredible attacks and one-man armies and so on and i think because they did a good job of making it look like it was something feasible, something with training you could do. That's kind of what we what we expect when we go into a class for self-defense is these beautiful choreographed, slick, 10 move, kill 15 people attack systems, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's not the case, you know? But if you, if you did real self-defense or real situation, in um in a movie it wouldn't look good you know it would be and 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 to be fair every once in a while you'll find like that one movie who tries to be a little bit more realistic and like the the main actor or actress like gets beat up you know what i mean like they're trying to escape but i mean like and and they're getting the better of the exchanges but they're you know they're They're taking some damage they're human you know they're Mm -hmm. not like this they're not pierce brosnan as james bond who blows up a factory walks out doesn't have a speck of dust on it you know like, <laughs> tuxedo still looks yeah pristine yeah like that doesn't you know there are some movies every once in a while that will do you know semi justice to it um so the, the the reason why that's a problem is because you grow up watching that right and 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 you, you spend your entire life seeing these incredible fight scenes these one punch knockouts these you know death touches and all this stuff and you become an adult and you see a video or you watch a class and you go, I can do that. You know, this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and like you said, it's not the, the no touch knockouts and the cheap blasts that are bringing people in. It's the, you know, hundred pound fitness instructor lady who's never done you know, combat sports, never fought at anyone in her life who's using a Sharpie to like pressure point somebody's grips off the, off of her neck. I mean, uh-huh. come on. Like I shouldn't have to say that it should be just, you should, anybody should just look at it and go, okay, a Sharpie pressure pointing somebody's hand isn't going to make them let go of, of her neck. You know what I mean? Like that's not real, but but people listen to it, you know, they, they'll go to them and they'll see it, you know. Is that a red flag right there whenever you see someone talking about pressure points a lot? Yeah, pressure points, uh, don't get me wrong, There's there are more sensitive areas in the body that you can press and push and pull and all this stuff and cause discomfort, you know. Um, 
And, and yeah, if you're somebody who has never been in a confrontation, has never done any sort of combat sports or, or even close contact sports, you know, even football, or, you know, or something like that, where you, you felt some impact. Yeah. You, somebody pushes something or pulls something like it could hurt a little bit and you could go, oh man, I could see how that could definitely work. The reality is that's, that's not true. Like you have to ask yourself is, would that work on somebody who is really trying to do some damage like they're not just playing around or going with it no they're trying to like cause you physical harm and the answer is probably no that pressure points aren't going to stop that and you mentioned the the use of the sharpie there are a lot of videos and and instructionals out there about having a sharpie or pen or some type of oh yeah like pointer there is a name for this one thing that you they sell to to mostly to women but they sell to everyone in these major self-defense camps where it's like a little metal thing it's got a sharp pointy end in, in one point and it's they teach you how to like you can like semi-stab them with this like metal pencil you know essentially what you have is a metal pencil and uh it looks really cool or they have i have saw one where it looks like a bunny ears that girls hold it's like supposed to be breast knuckles with with a point to them uh, come on like that's and, and what's the, what is the exact issue there? Because like, like you said, there are pressure points. How, how does jujitsu use pressure points? So, so there's not a lot of uh, pressure points that are the goal, right? Because ultimately a pressure point comes down to pain compliance. I inflict a little bit of pain and you listen to me. Well, the reality is pain tolerance is different on everyone. And not only is pain tolerance difference is different in everyone how much how tough people are is going to be a factor so you can have very little pain tolerance and it could hurt a lot but you could have a huge like fuck you mentality to where like you're going to push through it you know the same way you could have a huge pain tolerance and 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 just be you know and have a tough mentality on top of that and all of a sudden like they can squeeze your fingers together and crush your fingers and, and you just, you don't care mm. where like in jiu-jitsu we're, we don't, we're not looking for pain compliance as a means to end an assault or, or to protect yourself. We're looking to do physical damage or incapacitate, right? One way or another, whether it's breaking a limb, you know, whether it's your elbow, your shoulder, your, your legs, um, a jiu-jitsu competition then, would be based on that's based really on pain compliance then because that's when it, it could of. most of the time it is because kind, most of the time of. people will submit once well, they reach think, a level of I think of that's an unfair way of putting it and, and and we'll touch we'll touch on that point in a second but to finish off with the locks so you can break somebody or you can put somebody to sleep and they're incapacitated so that's the whole point in jiu-jitsu is we can we can guarantee those results right now as far as a competition goes you are right yes if you get somebody an arm lock and an arm bar and you, you're crushing their arm and it's going to break and they tap out because it's hurting the reality is it, what stopped the match wasn't their pain it, it wasn't even them tapping out and that's the misconception in jiu-jitsu which is a, a huge problem for me uh the social contract in jiu-jitsu is a little bit misunderstood the fight ended because I you asked for mercy and I showed it to you. And you're saying it's messed up because do you think most people view it as I I said stop and like the control are you saying is with the person who's tapping? No, no, the misconception is they won't really break my arm. 
because I'll sue them. You know, or they won't break my arm because they just won't do it to me. I'm a nice guy. Or they're a nice guy. They won't break my arm. Well, that's never been the social contract, right? The social contract in jiu-jitsu has not been, I won't break your arm because you're a nice guy. Or I won't break your arm because you're too stupid to tap. No, the social contract is, I will break your arm. You're welcome to ask for mercy in the form of a tap out or a verbal submission. And I, I will show you, I will be merciful and show you that mercy. I see. But, but you know, that's not like in the rules. In fact, I think if you look in most competitions, the fight doesn't end because of, of a tap. It ends because the fighter cannot continue fighting. And one of the ways that you can demonstrate that you can't continue fighting is by tapping out. So, yes, you are right in it that you're causing pain through a submission and people are tapping out to that. But... The social contract in jiu-jitsu is a little different than just that. Mm-hmm. What are some other red flags people should look for when watching videos and trying to decipher whether... Because oh, even someone man. who does jiu-jitsu will sure. probably watch a lot of self-defense techniques and say... I think someone who has a little bit of knowledge recognizes that anything that's, like you said, 10 steps or very elaborate probably isn't going to be a great self-defense. And so they at least recognize that. But if they see something that's a one, two-step solution, they might say, "That I can do that. That makes sense. Yeah, I think if you get um, if you get a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, you can usually pretty much see through the illusion and see which things are fake, which things are real. Anything that's in blurry that you're not quite sure, you can at least think about okay i could do that or i couldn't do that and and maybe you think maybe it's it could be real but you just know that you aren't likely to do that you know so you can at least be self-aware in that regard i have a drawer of different pressure point tools that i'm not going to show you okay thank you so you know i think the other the big red flag is credentials and not that credentials can't be faked but but just do some research just generally speaking, do some research. And, and what I mean is, so there was, you know, CrossFit was getting really big about... What was? CrossFit about 10 oh, years ago. Yeah. It was like becoming the thing to do, the new workout fad routine, right? And and CrossFit is wonderful to get you in shape, um, to make you an athlete. And, and I, I don't knock their ability to do that. But about three or four years into that CrossFit fad, they came out with this thing called the, the CrossFit Self-Defense and they were teaching self-defense techniques through their exercises, you know? And if you if you want to be entertained tonight, look it up. It's ridiculous. Like, so they were saying this is self-defense, but also you can get like a workout while doing it? No, this this these were self-defense techniques that they were teaching mm-hmm. people to like this was a course designed to teach an individual how to protect themselves in case of an altercation. And the exercises that they were performing were, the, the physical exercises they were performing were meant to develop their self-defense ability. Um, they were comboing the things, you know, where like, okay. usually you see like a, you know, f- like fitness kickboxing, you know what I mean? Like where they're naming it. F- Please don't tell me that Taibo was not a legitimate way to defend yourself. Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna humor that with a response. <laughs> Billy Blaze, what was it, Billy Blaine? Was that his name? Do you remember? Billy something. Billy Blaine, Blaze. 
I spent 10 years of my life. I put thousands of dollars into I'm, that. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, so like they, they started doing this and because they had such a huge following in CrossFitting, they actually had quite a bit of success at getting people to sign up for that and, and teach people in that. I don't know if they ever got to the point of certifying people in it or not, but... It probably helps too that you're seeing someone who's in great shape. Who just built, you know what I mean? And like, so you think... Yeah, he knows how to defend him, how to defend himself. Because right. I'm guilty of the same thing. Where if I watch a video and it's someone who is in good shape, I'll give it more credence as opposed to if it was someone who's not. And I go, they don't know what they're talking about. Right. One hundred percent. So, you know, look at credentials. Like these fucking CrossFit self defense instructors had, you know, two years of working out doing CrossFit. Like they don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like. So what kind of stuff do you remember seeing? Oh, I, it's like, um, you know, my mind has tried to put a, put it off, you know, hide it, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause it's traumatic, but they had like punch defenses that didn't make sense. And they had, you know, low kicks and, and, and takedowns that like these people clearly don't know what they're doing, you know? And, and, and that, like I said, that's a problem. The, the other really big like red flag with it is trying to is is allowing yourself to be sucked into a world you don't that you shouldn't be in right so you do your research really most people and they're doing the research to learn self-defense very rarely are they looking at credentials very rarely are they even looking at a particular style of self-defense they're just looking at prices right they'll pick whoever's the cheapest now if everybody's roughly around the same price then they might do another round of you know research like google reviews <laughs> and then it'll kind of they'll just keep you know going through small steps they're not looking at credentials they're not looking at the style they're not looking at you know how does that style fit in the self-defense world you know um, because you could have somebody who's an incredible martial artist, but that martial art itself is not known to be a good form of self-defense. So they're not doing that kind of research. They're doing Yelp and Google reviews, and they're looking for price, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll, they'll come in, and they will allow themselves, sometimes unaware even, to be sucked into believing what's been presented to them you know that if you you know if you karate chop somebody's neck that you know they'll pass out that's that's not true oh yes it is my 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 instructor did it okay cool how come you don't ever see it happening live if it's so easy to do it you know what i mean like how come you don't see things in under real duress being applied that way because it because it doesn't happen but you allow you believe in it mm-hmm. you sell yourself to it and then now to come out of it you either have to admit that you wasted your time and money or you have to admit that you were wrong and most people can't do either or yeah and that reminds me i would say another red flag is listening to anyone who talks like they have absolute like they have the absolute answer and that will be right. the absolute solution to right. any any situation where 
you see a guy who says, oh, one of our friends, Josh, just texted us, I think, was that today, a video? Of, or did you send that? No, he, uh, sent, he sent that. Sent us a video of some instructor, it looked like a 90s video, who was like holding someone's hand and saying, like, you can't hit me, you can't hit me. And, and the guy who's with him is like trying to hit, but clearly not. Anytime you... <laughs> Stuff like that just screams out where you see a guy who's talking to you with absolute confidence. It's like if you're, it's, you can see the salesman in a person like that. I, well, I will tell you, all these people are far better salesmen than I am. Right. Because they're capable of putting out videos. They have schools for years. They have tons and tons of students and, and they're selling garbage. Garbage. The people like you, the people like me who are trying to put out good quality technique like the comptroller we just can't get that stuff off the ground you know right. your comptroller has more of a real effect <laughs> than 99% of the self defense out there wow so so you think if i just have some good marketing <laughs> i may be able to get the comptroller to surpass some pressure point some oh, I think some it fit could. Cr- some uh uh oh yeah crossfit stuff i think so 100% Man, I haven't. I you know. I, I, apologies to everyone out there. I haven't thought about that, that comptroller that for a it. while, but I might have to bring that back out of retirement. You should. You should. Okay. Well, <laughs> moving on. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna name some some things that you see a lot in self defense videos, and you tell me if it's legit or if it's <laughs> shit. Legit or shit, we'll call that. Ba ba da da. Is it legit or shit? With Croyler and Andrew, it's legit or shit. Ba da ba. Okay. Now, I understand that not everything's black and white. So, if you need to say, well, this one can be, I understand. Okay. First thing, the videos where they say, just kicking the groin. Like everything's just groin, groin, groin. That that it's. It's like a weird obsession with the groin. What's your What's your opinion of the of the of the groin crawler? How do you feel about it? Are you passionate about it? So, let's put it this way: push comes to shove. If you hit somebody in the groin, can you do some damage? Can you get some effect out of it? Sure. The reality is, most people can't and won't in in the fight really do that. And furthermore, we're still going back to pain compliance here. And and somebody who is really looking to do some damage, it may register and they just may not give a shit. Mm. So I would call it, if, if your main focus of self-defense is to kick him in the nuts, that's probably a problem. Kick him, punch him, pinch him, tickle him. I saw one the other day. Him. I'll send it to you. I saw one the other day where it was a Russian self-defense system where... The guy, I've seen the guy teaches them to like cup <laughs> and hold the groin in their hand, uh-huh. like you like almost like they're caressing it and then pulling it underneath them. And it's a, it's one of those long videos where it just gets more and more uncomfortable. Yeah, and you see this long like a big group of they look like military guys. <laughs> they look military. in Russia, so you're thinking they're tough. And then as, as this guy goes through and he's like. 
like describing in Russian what you're Fondling doing. Their bits. Then I, I, you just start to think this is a martial art made up by, by a guy who just wants to grab other guys' dicks and balls. Pretty much. That, that's the only thing it can be. Yes. Yes. And I would call that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine if you walked into the school and said, "Guys, I got a new self-defense technique. We're going to spend three months on it." <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that would work. <laughs> after after week one, you'd walk after and week go, one. After 10 minutes into that. <laughs> after that. after day one, you'd walk up the next day and say, all right, uh, uh, Clive, uh, can I get you up here? N- no. Clot? Uh, no. Can I get any volunteers? You get one weird guy who's like, I'll do it. Yeah, I got, I got this. I yeah. got this, man. <laughs> uh, so, all right, so there, there's the grind. Um, what about people who are all about the headbutt? Headbutt's actually very effective. Um, a headbutt is probably one of the most underrated forms of striking. Um, if you look back in, in the late 80s, early 90s in Brazil, headbutts was, were still allowed in MMA in Brazil. I think even to like late, early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. Headbutt can do a lot of damage and it's unexpected. Um, now, it's just like anything else. While the, the headbutt may be effective... The situation in which you're using it in and and this the position that you find yourself in may make it you know not effective mm-hmm. okay next one here videos that are all about joint locks depends on the joint lock mm-hmm. and it depends on the situation because there are I mean, if you look at like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like joint locks, generally speaking, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu are battle tested and they can be easily proven. You know, you, you yourself love joint locks, all the yes. wrist locks. Right. But there are a lot of videos out there Correct. that kind of give that a bad name. Well, yeah, because there are there are um, there are a number of striking arts that will throw in joint locks as part of a self-defense system and they and I, and I say joint locks with quotation marks because they will do these intricate arm twists and shoulder bends and and spinning and twirling to get an arm in such a compromised position but they're not really doing damage to the joint there's no real control there's no real efficacy so I think that as far as the joint lock, joint locks go in self-defense, I think that they can be effective depending who you're learning from and what style um, in a context, because not always is a joint lock, you know, the best way to go. Uh, but normally when you watch, if, if the joint lock is more than two or three steps long in a self-defense situation, it's usually garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have the. <laughs> I think of a lot of the joint lock videos where some there's connection. They do one, <laughs> they they'll do like a lock. The person starts to fall, then they'll switch and do another lock, and yes. the other person like mo- and they like move another and way. They'll step around the head and around mm-hmm. the arm. Oh yeah, see the, the moment they start doing that kind of stuff, it's no good. Because the joint lock's just something that you. A, it's really just going to be a quick like. There's yes. n- there's not a lot of not finesse. There's just not a lot of elaborate movement. It's just cutting an angle and then you it's hit. It's done. It. Right. It's over. Yeah. If you know, people think self defense has to be pretty and beautiful, and the reality is, 
self-defense, especially if applied in a real situation, will be dirty. It will be very messy. It'll be not pretty. It'll be, you know, you're looking to deliver as much damage as you can in as short of a period of time as you can while trying to get away. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be this fancy 35-step technique to spin your opponent's arm six different ways, lay them down, spin around their arm a few more times, and then, like, grab their junk. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's not going to be it. Yeah, I think that uh, movies, anime, have all have all contributed to that. Yeah, yeah, anime, maybe. Um, I, I would say movies more so, especially in America, um, because anime hasn't really gotten big in America up until the last 10 years. So, but there's a legion of people out there who grew up on, you know, Karate Kid and, and other movies like that. What do you think about martial arts and anime and the the representation of it, it's it's all so like extreme? Do you look at it and, just, and say, is it close to reality in any anime that you've seen? No, no, nothing in anime is. It's close always to exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that um, Japanese culture tends to respect martial arts um, a little bit more. So there's maybe a little bit more of a, a reverence to martial arts in anime. Do they respect it so much that they like put it on a pedestal where it can be so off the wall crazy? No, I think that's just nature of anime. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that there's always a little bit of a reference, a reverence to any reference that they do to martial arts. It doesn't matter the style. Right. All right. That let's, let's end our self-defense there. We're going to do another self-defense episode at some point, but this is where we'll put the, uh, the period in this episode we have a listener question all right this one comes from griffin on instagram okay question for both of you guys was there any point in jujitsu that made you know this was for you and you wanted to do it forever second part have you ever considered changing crowler's nickname to harambe so (laughs) let's i'm gonna answer that second part of the question first (laughs) Every day. Uh, everyone, yes. <laughs> everyone in his circle, yes. Uh, I don't, unfortunately, there's not a way for us to legally change his name to that without his consent, but we're working on that. <laughs> I'm not even mad at that. Um, if you got a tattoo, would you maybe get like a Harambe tattoo? That's tough, man. I mean, there are worse tattoos there to get. There are far worse tattoos to get. Yes, 100%. In fact, Harambe is the one point in time I think we all agree that the world started going downhills after Harambe. I think I started... I might have started at the gym right around when Harambe happened because yeah. I remember all you fuckers just kept talking about Harambe <laughs> all the time. Um, no, as far as... as, far as um, man... What's the question again? Uh, <laughs> you guys threw See, me off with Arambe. You, yeah, I know. You, yeah. You're thinking about it. You said, what, it, was there a <laughs> oh, time where you realized yeah. jiu-jitsu was for you? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, there was plenty of times where I didn't want to train. You know, there's plenty of times that as a kid I wanted to quit or I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't enjoy it all the time. Um, there were plenty of times where I felt incredible. I still feel incredible at times after training, you know, if I have a, if I have a good class and good training that day. Um, I think I've, I've had a relationship with Jiu-Jitsu for so long that I don't know that there was a single point where I went, you know, this is, 
this is for me. I just don't know that I, I can for sure tell you that there is not a point in my life where I was like, jujitsu is not for me. You know, uh, there's times where I was discouraged. Sure. But never a point where I could see me with that, like not ever training or not ever having that relationship with jujitsu. Yeah. I'd say for me, the f- first time I started jujitsu, the first time I went to jujitsu, I, I had a wrestling background, and so I came in and learned that that helped some, but I still was getting thrown around, and there was enough of a, I could see like a a light at the end of the tunnel, (laughs) where, yes, right now I'm getting destroyed, but I can see a version of reality where I can start doing some destroying. Like right. there's there's a way for me to get there. There's a path. And so that was the little taste and inspiration I needed to be like, I want to get to that point. Now that was the that was my first class. That was the new energy where I'm like, yes, I can do this. I want to do that. But like anything I've ever done in my life whether it's trying to learn the guitar or something, some type of computer skill or any skill, you start off and you're like, this is what I do. This is, I'm ha- like, man, in like a year, I'm going to be great at this. But most of the time you don't get there because you give up. So while I was like, this is fantastic, I knew a lot of times I'll give up on things that I enjoy. So the next step of me saying this is for me was, having an accountability well first forming a like a relationship and friendship with everyone at the gym so it was this hey we dangle this in front of you you can get you can obtain this skill and then you start to be enveloped by the people and the social circle and then that gives you the accountability to keep coming back at other things like trying to learn the guitar or going to work out by yourself at the gym you don't have that accountability so I thought I know that the times that I start to lose my motivation will be counterbalanced by the people telling me I need like giving me a hard time like now where I'm not training because of COVID still you sit down here and the first thing you say is when are you going to start training again so I know that that no matter how much how lazy I could get or how much I would try to, let's say, not prioritize jujitsu, the closest people in my life will always be like nagging me and pulling me back into it. Yeah. Nagging is a good word. Nagging. Bitching them out, you know. That's, that's right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was the, the first part of saying, oh, this is a skill I like. I think I could be good at it. And then saying, and I like just the, the, the people and the lifestyle that comes with this. So that's that's my that's my long roundabout answer. To to end this out, since we got this nice energy of your Harambe, I in jujitsu, <laughs> everything's great. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's work off this positive energy and end with talking about the Aries. Oh Jesus! Horoscope for the day. Is Lola still guarding the door? <laughs> yes, my dog Lola is still out there and she will attack you if you try to walk out there. I don't know that she'll attack me. She loves me. <laughs> she came to me when we came in the house. Yeah, but she's very skilled in pressure points. Like, not the bullshit kind. Like, legit the, kind. She has a couple pens. Like, and I know you don't believe that that's a thing, but she uses her paws with those. I to- follow certain people on Instagram that, that are 
you know, masters of using those pens and <laughs> those things just because it's pure entertainment to me because they're very serious in their videos. I am that guy. <laughs> I'd love to see your... <laughs> Uh, on, on Instagram when you can click the magnifying glass and it shows your suggested videos. Oh, yeah. Yours are things that <laughs> you, you both expect. love and hate. Yes. Yes. There's a very much a, a love and hate thing there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's bring let's bring this down. Take some deep breaths. If you're listening right now, inhale. Just You can just pause the show. (laughs) Yeah, maybe pause it and meditate. Do a breathing exercise. (laughs) Good. Thank you for getting into this, Carla. Totally. And here we go. The sun is transiting your creative sector. And now Mercury is here as well, dear Aries. Mercury moves through here relatively quickly, staying until August 19th. You can be more colorful in your communications and enjoy sharing your ideas and creations with others during this cycle. Wow. So be creative. Show your show all of us. My ideas and be colorful. Yeah, be very colorful. I will be so colorful. I want to see you as colorful as possible. I am currently being as colorful as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Communications... Communication flows more naturally than usual, and you tend to speak from the heart. There can be a chance to teach, manage. I've read manage as menage. <laughs> we all I, know some where somebody's mind yeah, that. <laughs> there can be a chance to teach or menage. Hey. <laughs> That's not a bad horoscope for the day. You need to really work on that. <laughs> Oversee or guide others. Your outlook or attitude is particularly positive, outgoing, and refreshing. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> you cafe astrology, you just lost all credibility for the day. That that's where they lost it. <laughs> yeah, right there. Today holds much promise for making connections with others, particularly on a mental level. You're communicating in a particularly positive manner, and others are taking much interest in what you say. People you meet or news you read can help point you in the direction of positive growth and change related to transportation, learning, and studies. There can be a happy feeling that you can rise to a challenge. (sighs) We hold my hand for a second and we're just gonna... No. Just hold it for a second. We're just gonna think about it. (laughs) We're we're not doing that. (laughs) On record, I'm not holding his hand. (laughs) That's nice. Thank you. Thank you. He's holding my hand right now. Oh, two hands? No, you don't have to do. All right, fine. We're holding both. Both. We're holding both hands right now. And he's he's very gently just caressing the outside of my hands with his thumb, and that's that's really sweet. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> do you want a hug? All right, no, come here. No, I'm all right. Come here. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, that's it for the day. We uh we will see you next week. Goodbye.